But I want to uh, introduce you now to Tanya, who's going to come and share God's word. Tanya, can I get you to come up? And uh, welcome, Tanya. How are you doing? Thank you. And um, where are you from? Australia. Australia. Yeah. So I'm going to say with an English accent. Australia. <laughs> Fantastic. And um, is it okay if I pray you before you Please. share God's word? Thank you. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for Tanya. Thank you for bringing her safely to us. And as we've been saying this evening, help us to have expectant hearts uh, uh, and ears to hear what you want to say mm. through Tanya this evening. For your son, your son's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, it's wonderful to be here at Woodford Wells. How are you all this evening? Can you handle an Australian accent? I figured, you know, since Becky and Paul are away, we can just go for it. Is that right? I first met Becky, actually, two and a half years ago, just before the pandemic, wasn't it? Remember those days? And remember, that was just before we all started to hear this news about this little virus. And I was just thinking about that today. It felt like a bit of a joke, didn't it? Is this real? Do we really have to be locked down? Can I really not go anywhere for two years? And this is one of my first trips back overseas. So it's such a privilege to be here. And I've been hearing a lot about the work that you do, both in Woodford Wells. Helen says that this is the centre of the world. Um, I'm not sure. I was going to check an atlas afterwards to see... You know, I was trying to work that out. But um, love the work that you do here at Woodford Wells and beyond, and it's a great privilege to be here. I was 21 years old. I had been in church all of my life, had heard lots of great sermons, had read the Bible from cover to cover in the King James Version, if you don't mind. I had memorised huge chunks of Scripture, and I knew a lot about God. But I knew about God in the same way that you would know about the Queen of England through the pages of a magazine. So you could know a lot about the Queen, couldn't you? You could know that her favourite colour was lime green and that she loves her corgis and how many years she had reigned. But unless you sat down and had a cup of tea with the Queen, I'm practising, you probably wouldn't know her. So I knew a lot about God. And then I met a friend at university when I was 21 years old. Her name was Jill. And she talked about God speaking to her. And I'm like, wow, really? God spoke to you? The creator of the universe spoke to you? Like, what did he say? And, you know, she would tell me. I'd be like, wow. We started to spend time together as friends and a few weeks would pass and we'd get together again and Jill would say, oh, God spoke to me again this week. And I'd say, wow, well, what did God say? And she would tell me, like, wow, that's amazing. A few more weeks would pass and we'd get together and she'd say, God gave me a vision this week. I'd say, really? And what did God say this time? And, and why is God always speaking to you anyway? Like, do you have some sort of hotline to God? See, I'd read about God speaking all the way through the Bible, but I'd never heard God speak for myself. I realized that this is something that God gave us 
through the Holy Spirit. So one morning I sat down on a beach and I prayed a prayer. I said, God, would you speak to me? And, and God, if you do, um, can you make it really clear? You know, not, not any of that fuzzy-wuzzy mystical stuff. No, no, no. I want it to be really clear. And if you make it clear, I will do whatever you say. Yeah. Well, the story goes that God did speak to me and he made it really clear. And I did what God said. Eventually, started off my working life as a school teacher, taught children how to play sport. And then at 26 years of age, God called me into ministry, which was a bit of an unusual thing for me because I was raised in a church that didn't believe that women should be in ministry. So that was a bit odd. But ended up going to Bible college and studying there. And then God called me to plant a church to be involved in lots of different types of ministries. He called me to teach in Bible colleges and train ministers. And then he spoke to me about my long-time purpose in my life. Tanya, I want you to take everything that you have learnt about hearing my voice and I want you to pass it on to other people. So about 15 years ago, the Ministry of God Conversations was born. And that's what I do today. I teach people how to hear the voice of God. And I've had the privilege of going to lots of different countries in the world, lots of different types of churches. And the thing I've discovered is that the questions are the same. Because we know that God can speak, but we wonder things, the same questions I had. Well, what does God sound like? And how do we know if it's God anyway? And, and then what happens afterwards? And like, how, do we, how do we get good at this? Like if we could have a personal conversation with the creator of the universe, the God who knows everything about our lives, all of our past, all of the possibilities of the future, all of the thoughts and our hopes and our dreams. Imagine what it would be like to hear from God. So I want to talk to you this evening about how to get really good at hearing God's voice. What do you think? Is that a good topic? How do we get better at hearing God's voice clearly? That was one of the questions I had at the very beginning. God, I, I want to know what it is to hear your voice clearly. And then we're going to have some time spending listening to God at the end of the service. Let me pray as we begin. Father, we thank you that by your spirit, you are here with us. That you didn't leave us alone, but you sent us your spirit to remind us of everything that you taught Jesus and then to speak about things to come, to speak about what the gospel looks like in our lives. And Holy Spirit, I pray that tonight that you would speak to us. Lord, that your voice would be so clear. And God, that you would give us the courage to follow. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. How are you going with my Australian accent? You okay? Do you all know how to speak Australian? We say, g'day, mate. Do you want to try? G'day, mate. Oh, pretty, 
good. Not bad. How do we get better at hearing God's voice? You know, I would have really liked if someone said to me, oh, you need to do these three things. You know, spend 10 minutes a day in prayer. Take these three steps. Make sure you're bowing on your knees. Like, wouldn't it be nice if there was some little formula that you could just do and voila. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And the reason it doesn't work that way is because hearing God's voice is the product of a relationship. And it's not too different from our human relationships. How do we get better at hearing God's voice? I could ask you the same question. How do we get better at communicating with our friends, our spouses? Because when we hear from God, it happens in the context of relationship. So it's our relationship with God that becomes the focus. How many of you have been here married for a while? Yeah? Five years more? Ten years? What was that? 47? Who's 47? Is that you? Why don't you stand up? 47 years. That's impressive. What's your, what is your name? Jane. Jane, can you please give us some advice? How do you get really good at relationships? No, 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 your husband. How do you get really good at your marriage? Oh, is, is that your husband there? Stan, what's your name? Oh, Aristotle. Oh, here we go. We've got the source of all wisdom here. Everyone just lean in. Okay, Aristotle, what is the key to a happy marriage? 47 years. You ready? This could be worth a lot. I'm listening. There is none. Jane, help us out here. What's one tip for a great marriage? Patience. Yes, very good. Excellent. Thank you, Jane, for your beautiful wisdom. Anyone else? Tips for a great relationship. Might just be a really long friendship. Might, if you're not married, what about a really long friendship? What's your tip for a great relationship? Yep. Learn to say sorry. Learn to say sorry. Ah, that's hard, isn't it? Who hates saying sorry? I could have practiced that. I love that. Coming to the other person in vulnerability. Any other tips for a great relationship? Who's been married here for more than 20 years? Yeah? What's one from you? Well, uh, I prayed exactly to, to the Lord once I heard him speaking to me and I put uh, kind of, you know, like, uh, not, not terms, but things that I would love my man to be. Oh, you're giving us advice for how to meet someone. That's good. I need that because I'm not married. What's a good tip for being a great wife and a great husband? Now that you've met the man of your dreams. There we go. That's good. <laughs> Dealing with your stuff. Yeah. I like that. Hope you're taking notes. 
When we think about our human relationships and what improves our human relationships, the same principles apply to God. So I'm going to give you three tips about how to focus on your relationship with God so that you can get better at hearing God's voice. Here we go. The first one is this. We need to learn to make a commitment to improve our communication. Think about the first time you met your best friend or your partner in life. Think about how difficult it was to work out what they were saying. You know when the wires get crossed? When, you know, you say to your wife, how are you? And she says, I'm fine, thank you. And you think she's fine. You're still trying to work out what they're saying. It takes time to get to know someone. It takes time to learn to ascertain what they're saying. It takes time to recognise their voice. I love being around couples that have been together for a long time because they have learnt to recognise each other's voice. They don't need to ring up and say, Hi, honey, it's me. Remember your wife that you married, you know, 47 years ago? (laughs) Well, the same principle applies to God. We learn to recognise God's voice. And it takes time. And it takes experience in relationship. I remember one of the first times I heard God's voice. I didn't know what it sounded like. And I remember I was at some friend's place and I was sitting around with my friends. We'd had dinner and we decided to pray together. There were four of us there. And it's something that we often did. So I remember sitting there with this group of four and saying to God, God, here's your chance. Speak to me. And I waited. My friends prayed. Speak to me, God. What do you want to say? And then this thought came into my mind. Read Philippians 2. I had my Bible with me, so I I opened it up. And I started to look at the words. And I realized that they were kind of appropriate. I said to my friends, I think God is speaking to us. And I began to read out the words. The hairs on the back of my neck began to stand up. It was a really good moment. We packed up our things at the end of the evening and I started to drive home. It was a long way home. It was about a half an hour drive. And as I was in the car, I was thinking back to our little prayer time. And I began to ask God, was that, was that you, God? I don't know if it was. You know, I, I probably knew those verses from Philippians chapter 2. And, you know, when I, when I shared them, nothing dramatic happened. Like, no one fell out on the floor and got miraculously healed. Was that, was that you? I know. God, when we have church in the morning, can you make someone talk about that verse from Philippians chapter 2? <laughs> have you ever done that? Right. I drove home. I got into the the carport of my car and I'm just about to get out of my car and this thought comes into my head, random thought. Someone is going to break into your car tonight. What? Why why would I be thinking that? No one would break into my car. It's not got anything valuable in it that anyone would want to steal. And I thought, oh, hang on, my music in the glove box, my cassette tapes. Do you remember those? (laughs) And I took out the 
cassette tapes of my glove box and I put them in my handbag and then I locked the door and I went to bed, forgot all about it. Next morning was church. Got up, had breakfast, went to the shower, came out to the car and got the key out of my bag, just about to open the door. Hang on a minute. The lock was dangling out of the socket. Opened up the door. All the contents of the glove box spilled onto the floor. Someone's broken into my car. Huh? That was you, God? I didn't think that was you. I thought that was just a random thought. Went to church that morning. We went through worship. The preacher got up and he said, he's eager to hear from God this morning. Open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. See, before then, I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit could sound like a thought in my mind. It wasn't my thought, but it was a still, small whisper of the Holy Spirit. It's the first time I'd really heard it like that before. But then as God continued to speak to me, I began to recognize it more easily and more quickly. My communication improved over time. You see, this is like all relationships, isn't it? It grows over time as we lean in, as we listen, as we learn and we ask and we say, God, speak to me. Show me what you sound like. Teach me. I want to know your voice. There was a man in the Bible who was an expert at hearing God's voice. He heard God's voice so clearly that the scripture says of him that none of the words he prophesied fell to the ground. But he wasn't always like that. In fact, the first time Samuel heard God's voice, he didn't even recognize it. Samuel! Huh? What? Who's, who's calling me? Is that, is that you, Eli? No, I didn't call your name. Go back to bed. Huh? What was that? Samuel, huh, what, is that you Eli calling me? No, I didn't call you, go back to bed. It's that voice I was hearing. Um. Samuel, three times, was that you Eli? (laughs) No, it was God speaking. You see, Samuel got really good at hearing God's voice, but it wasn't always that way. Our experience hearing God begins with a heart that wants to know God, that wants God to speak to them, that has ears to hear, that has their spiritual antennae up, that has questions saying, God, I want you to speak to me. I want to hear you. What are you saying to me? When I wake up in the morning, God, I want to know what you're saying. When I come to worship at church, Lord, speak to me. Here I am, as Samuel said, your servant, I am listening. We make a commitment to improve our communication, just as in any relationship. The second tip is that we learn to trust God's communication as God learns to trust ours. See, any relationship's built on trust, isn't it? Will we do what we say we're going to do? Does our word count for anything? 
Hearing God's voice is the same. God wants to teach us that he's trustworthy. Numbers 23 talks about this. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? As we learn to hear God's voice, we learn to trust what he says, but God also has to learn to trust our communication. Will we do what we say? I first learned this early on in my walk with God. It was a year or so after that first prayer and I was having kind of a really lovely time with God. We were learning some new songs at church and I remember one afternoon I decided to go on a little prayer walk down the park and as I was going down the park I started singing this song that we just learned in church and I got pretty excited about it and there was no one else around so I started to sing. I haven't sung it much since then and you'll see why in a minute. So the song goes like this. I'm yours, Lord. It's kind of boppy. Everything I am. Do you know it? Everything I've got. I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. Thank you. In that moment, in that split second as I'm skipping down the path, see if I can be completely yours. This thought randomly comes, cuts across my mind, give all your money away. I stopped skipping. It was the end of my prayer walk that day. I turned around, started walking back to the house. I knew it was God. See, there was something in my heart that I knew was out of Place. I'd been saving for quite a while to go on my big overseas adventure. I was going on a long-term mission trip with Wycliffe Bible Translators in the South Pacific. I was committed for a whole year and I'd already told them I'd saved up the money. It was a lot at the time. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I am. Everything I've got. God was asking me if my communication was trustworthy so that I could trust his. Give all your money away, Tanya. I want you to see my hand. I want to provide miraculously for you. I went to the bank that week, lined up, got the check out. Do you remember the check? The check out, the teller, put it into my bag. Sunday came. The offering bucket started to come around to the aisle. I watched it as it got closer and closer. Took the check out, dropped it into the bucket and watched it move away. <laughs> I'm yours, Lord. <laughs> Everything I am. <laughs> Will you trust my communication when I speak to you? I want to provide for you. A few weeks later, I went to the mission base that I was going away with and I was so embarrassed. I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm a nutter. I'm going to have to tell them I've got no money to go. <laughs> I remember sitting down with the, the lady there and I said, look, I've got something to tell you. <clears throat> God told me to give all my money away. She said, oh, that's great. 
I knew that God had to deal with that area of your heart before you came away with us. (laughs) Soon after, through a whole series of circumstances, I watched, not allowed to say a word to anyone, as money came in. I had plenty to send me on my long-term mission trip. The whole time that I was there, I saw God provide miraculous support for me. I've never seen that before. I began to understand what it meant to live, to hear God's voice and to follow it. I learned to trust the voice that I hear. See, it's not just about having an experience, a, a wonderful experience of having a conversation with God, but it's about a relationship that God builds with us, a relationship of love and trust and submission that grows us into God's purposes. We need to learn to trust when God speaks to us, that God is not a person that he lies, that he speaks and that he acts, that when he speaks, he speaks miraculously, creatively, to do powerful things in our life. But he also calls us to follow, to trust him, to have faith, to believe that he will do what he says he will do. How do we get better at hearing from God? We learn to trust him with what we've already received from him. Third thing that we need to do to get better at hearing God's voice. We need to become more open in our communication as God becomes more open in his. See, relationships grow like that, don't they? As you get to know each other, it calls us into greater intimacy. And that sounds like a really lovely sentiment, doesn't it? But you know what? Intimacy is opening up those exposed parts of our heart that have been closed. It means opening up not just with the good things about me, but the bad things about me. Those failings, those weaknesses, those doubts, those fears. Intimacy means being able to entrust that with someone. And it happens in human relationships, but also happens in our relationship with God. Are we willing to be open about where we're at are we willing to be open about our feelings about who we are all of us the good and the bad I have a really great friend I've known her now for 20 years and we used to live together in the early days we were flatmates and you know it was just brilliant you know when you get a really good flatmate we got on really well we had a lot of fun together a lot of laughter a lot of synergy it was awesome but then she moved away she moved interstate for a few years and I moved in with someone else and sometime later she came back to Sydney where I was living and I was needing a flatmate at the time and she said hey let's move in together again I said oh great we had such a good time last time so we moved in together and pretty quickly I realized hang on something was wrong here like this wasn't as good as it used to be we seemed to be having more conflict and, and, and more disagreement it was It was getting a bit uncomfortable. You know, I I remember sitting down with her and saying, you know, what's what's going on here? Why why is it like this? It's not as good as it was. She said, well, don't you remember what we talked about when we moved in this time? What do you mean? She said, do you remember how we said that we wanted to be better friends and that we needed to be more open and honest with each other? She said, well, 
I'm just being more open and honest with you. And the truth is, I don't like the way you leave the garbage overflowing when it should be emptied. And, you know, the way you stack the dishwasher, I don't think that's a really good way of doing things. And, you know, I just don't think that. I think you get your way around here a lot more than me. <laughs> See, this is what it means to be closer to someone. It means to be open. It means to be vulnerable. And it's not just us to God being willing to entrust God with the secret things of our hearts, being willing to, to, to praise God even with our tears. But it also means being willing to let God speak into our hearts about sometimes the things we don't want to hear about. And God speaks about some of the hurts that are in our hearts, our wounds, the things that we've experienced over time. And God comes and he says, I, I want to be close to you. And therefore, we, we want to need to talk about the stuff that's holding you back. We need to talk about the sin and the unforgiveness and, and the pain and the wounds. And do you know what? It doesn't always feel good. It's not always the most fun. But the reason is that God wants to come close to us. He wants our relationship to grow. He wants our relationship to be real. You know, in my life, from that first time when I said, God, speak to me, I've heard God say a lot of wonderful things about my life and he's given me guidance and shown me things and blessings. And it's been amazing to see God's miraculous hand. But I think the most profound thing that has come out of hearing God's voice is a knowledge of God that's personal. I don't know about God. I know God for myself. See, this is the gift that God has for every single one of us. When Jesus came, this, this, these words he said still shock me to the core. They're written in John chapter 15, verse 15. And Jesus said, I've come to call you friends. Not servants, but friends. And if you read the verse, it says that it's a friendship marked by the things that God speaks to us about. You see, a servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but friends do. See, think about the difference in the relationship you have with your boss or with your employees. You tell them what to do by five o'clock on time. But you don't call them into your office and tell them the secrets of your heart. But God does. The God of heaven and earth comes to us and says, I want to call you friends. It's a two-way relationship. We pray to God, he speaks back. And it's not about how clever we are. It's not about how much knowledge we have or how long we've been in church. It's not about how good we are. How do we get better at hearing God's voice? We come to God in a spirit of surrender. We come to God and we say, God, I, I want to learn to know your voice. I want to improve at hearing from you. I want to know what you sound like. Would you teach me? It comes with saying, God, I... I want to trust your communication. I want to believe what you're saying to me and I want to be proven trustworthy of what you give me. 
so that we can together do something significant for your kingdom. And it comes to God saying, I want to be open. I want to be open about where I'm at, not holding anything back. As Marcus was saying, that nothing can be hidden. And God wants to come to us in intimacy, not to take from us, not to embarrass us, not to take from us, but to release us into all he's called us to be. This is his invitation tonight. So as the worship team comes up, I want to make room for us to respond to what I feel God is saying. And we were praying tonight, and I really feel that God is calling us in a spirit of surrender to come to God. If you would like, say, God, I want to get better at hearing your voice. I know many of us have know what it is to hear from the Spirit, but there's endless conversations to be had. There's greater depths of relationship that God wants us to be called into. And it comes down to us coming to God and saying, God, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, after all he'd been through, he wrote these words in Philippians. He said, that I may know you. It's his heart cry. Is that your heart cry this evening? Why don't you stand with me? I want to lead you in a prayer together just as we reflect on what God might be saying to us this evening. Perhaps he's calling you to seek him. God, I want to hear your voice. Teach me what you sound like. Perhaps he's asking you to trust what he's already said to you. Perhaps he's calling you to be open with who you are and where you're at with him. And Father, just in this quietness, in this moment, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would speak to us as we come to you. Open hearts, open hand. And I invite you to pray that prayer. I prayed at 21. If you're bold enough. <laughs> the most amazing, profound, beautiful life in conversation with God Almighty. And if you'd like to, I want you to repeat the prayer in your heart after me. God, speak to me. If you make it really clear, and Lord, if you make it clear, I will do whatever you say. I wonder if you would like to. We're going to have a time of waiting on God and listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite you to come up the front if you'd like to be involved in that. We're going to create a little bit of space up here. You can also stay in your seats. 
the ministry prayer team is going to come as well. And we may pray over you and just believe for the Holy Spirit to speak. But the key is our hearts. The heart that wants to follow, to know God, is like a lightning bolt for the Holy Spirit. It's a magnet. God is looking for people to speak to, to call into relationship that goes deeper and deeper and deeper. So if that's you, why don't you just come forward? Let's create some space up here. We're going to have the prayer team come as the worship team plays. Come on up and let's just believe for the Holy Spirit to speak to us.